Welcome to the Creative Plan Podcast Network. Join us as we share our favorite RPGs, one-shot games, tabletop games, reviews of items, and convention panels, and other exciting things that we run into from time to time. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Kelly, a.k.a. Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, assigned to Ragnarok Story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. Um, hello, welcome to our panel. This is um, the toolbox, the costumer's toolbox. We're going to answer your questions, talk about some of our favorite tools today. Right. And this will be archived so you may all enjoy it later. Because you will want to, because it's so fabulous. And it will be missing this live part where I yell at my phones. All right, good. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Hello. Welcome to this panel, uh, Costumers Toolbox. We've got a wide variety of costumers here with us today with lots of different experiences and approaches. We're going to let everyone uh, introduce themselves and please share your pronouns and introduce yourselves as well so we know how you like to be addressed by our lovely audience, people who've not met all of us before. Would you like to start out? Uh, hello, I am Temperance. I, her, um, I have been costuming for many decades. <laughs> um, I have a degree in technical theater with an emphasis in costume from the U of A. Um, and I have done all types of cosplay, but my true passion is steampunk. I'm an avid steampunk and milliner. And for those of you who don't know what millinery is, it's hat making. Though I did not make this one. <laughs> That you made tomorrow. I am Evie Bett, her. I'm a costumer. I live in Los Angeles and I work in the industry. I make the costumes uh, with a company that we supply costumes for Universal, for DreamWorks, for Nickelodeon. All the character costumes. We take the cartoon characters and make them into walk around costumes for them to wear at parks, cruise ships, and stuff like that. I've been working in movies and theater forever, except for about 20 years where I, I left the industry to go to school because I was going to be a high school history and math teacher. I'm back costuming again because you can't live off of what a teacher makes. But you can costume. That's quite the yes. testament. I'm Madame Eskew. I see a many a familiar face. I'm very happy to see you. Uh, she, her, hers for me, please. I've been costuming avidly for a couple of decades. I'm self-taught. I do make uh, hats. I do millinery, but not like temperance. Please, a professional. And um, I do professional corsetry and professional costumes. My big thing is steampunk, but I've done costumes from like the 15th century up through the 1960s. So a little bit of everything. Um, my name is Gaius. I am one half of the Indigo Pack. Um, I mostly just wear what she makes, but I'm also an idea person, so I don't always make stuff. You're a great prop maker. I do try. I'm starting to make props, but I do like it. Um, but as far as the actual big costume parties, I don't think about that much. Um, and I, we've been cosplaying for a long time. Um, we started with just kind of like anime cons and dressing as like cool anime characters. And then I found out there are all these different fashions, steampunk, Lolita, and some kind of going on with that. Um, but that's pretty much it. And my preferred pronouns today, let's do Ethan. 
I am here, DJ Sin on the web, again, the other half of the Indigo Path, where we make um, cool arts and stuff, everything with the witchy thing. Uh, and as far as costuming, I have been, I have been a cosplayer, honestly, since I was a child, and I thought I could be a Power Ranger if I made the suit. Um, it wasn't that easy, apparently. You're not supposed to jump off roofs or do anything like that. That wasn't okay. Um, so I've been trying to be a Power Ranger for all these years and um, kind of found my favorite costuming somewhere around a mix of um, avant-garde and alien fashion. So I like to work with neat textiles, different looks, something that's kind of unexpected. And whenever I get the chance, of course, I throw some witchcraft in there. So um, that's kind of what I do. Thank you. Oh, and pronouns they them. Thank you. All right, so uh, welcome, costumers. I know all of these individuals outside of this panel room. I'm very excited to be on this panel with all of you. And um, I'm going to throw some questions to our panel here. And then if you have any questions, I would love it. Just raise your hand um, or signal me in some way that's not, you know, no lifting tea bags to the eyes. Very strict about that. So, um, one of my questions for all of you is what is a tool in your workshop that you absolutely cannot live without and what does it do? A Dremel and it does everything. Everything? <laughs> yes. Does it do dishes? Not yet, but I bet you they will come up with an attachment for it that we will. And for your dishes, you can put the wire brush on it and it takes <laughs> off that baked on baby rice cereal that they can pave roads with. Oh yes. It's the hardest substance known to man. Now, can you tell us what a Dremel is? It's a handheld rotary tool. It goes about 10,000 RPM. Um, you can't hurt yourself badly with it, so be respectful of it. Don't Dremel your face. No, no. Or your fingers. Or your fingers, that hurts. I assume you have Dremeled your fingers. Yes. Six stitches in my pinky. Ooh, dear. It kicked back and went right in. It has a saw blade on it. Fine. You can do saw blades, there's jigsaw blades, there's grinders, there's sanders, there's sanding wheels, buffing wheels, polishing wheels, wire wheels, you name it. There's all the things. It is an essential tool. It's incredibly versatile. Thank you. Uh, for me, it would have to be the rotary blade. Um, I am left-handed. And I hate left-handed scissors with a passion because if you ever used a pair, when you cut, you can't see the line. So for lefties, when they came out with the rotary blade, not only, because I do have arthritis on my fingers, um, not only did it help with that, but um, it I can use the rotary blade faster and more effectively uh, than scissors, um, which are extremely uncomfortable for a left-handed person to use. Um, but only right-handed scissors really cut well. Um, even the really expensive left-handed scissors just don't have quite the same um, uh, cutting power, in my opinion. But the rotary blade levels the playing field. Yes. Just be very careful with them. Oh, yes. I also use the smaller one because, just to let you know, because you can get the really big ones with the shields and stuff. I don't like those because I can't see the line as much. But the smaller one allows you to go around curves easier. So, just as an FYI. You know, I'm going to be a little odd here and say my favorite tool, I don't, I hope this counts as a tool, is actually the big table. <gasps> oh, yes! <laughs> yes! Because, especially well, if it's raised. Yeah, and, yes. well, and you know, we actually built our table special because what kept happening is the table's only this wide, and you know, no one would notice, but I'm kind of wider than that, so I need more space than that for my fabric and for your props when you, you yeah. build these huge the biggest, sites. Yeah, the biggest problem <laughs> we kept running into every time we made something was we have our little house and we can sort of clear out some foot space and just work on the floor. But as soon as we were able to build like a nice big table, everything got So we actually bought a side panel to a dresser at Ikea. It was really big and lay back because it's completely flat it's nice and put two dressers under it where we can store stuff so it is the big table and you know i don't think crafters we don't always think about it when we're making things you need a big substantial space to put your sewing machine to cut with your rotary blades to put your mat down 
until that far. I'm sorry I stole yours. That's me, though. That's, That's such a good tool, though. That is a yes, great Especially idea. if it's a height that you don't have to bend over it as much. So Get through a lot of cutting or making. Hunching down to a regular height table, even this height, it's, it's not the right cool. level. You I need to lift it up so that you can stand there and cut away. Beautiful. We had a lot of arguments on what height to make because we were using it for so many different things, like sewing, making our resin, you know, like jewelry making, just all different things. We had a lot of arguments. I think we ended up doing table heights. But we got it's, special chairs. It's a few inches above table height. Oh, you can just we can little adapters. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's a few they were great. But it would be nice to also. We've I've, I've also been arguing like we should get one that can go up and down, but we have to do it. You just get things that go into the legs of the dressers on my leg. No problem. You can just lift it up that little bit for this project. The bed rises are fantastic. Do you have a tool you'd like to ask? It's all right. It's all right. I mean, that is such an excellent tool. Um, I don't have a big table, but I have a folding table, and so I pull that out, and it's you know, like I put it on bed rises. It's, yes. it's a much less you know crafty version of what you did with the idea. Um, my favorite tool in the workshop is probably my razor blades. Um, I love my razor blade because when I need to take things out, which I need to do all the time, it's part of sewing, I just go whoosh, oh, so quick. I'm just gonna, it's also dangerous. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, She's wickedly fast like, with them. The straight razor with no handle in my hand, like, yeah. Yeah, I prefer the seam ripper. <laughs> Less danger. No, no, it isn't. No. <laughs> yeah. Plus sound effects. No, I want. I'm. I'm designing my own table because I never use my couch, and I work every day in my house, and so I want it to sit over the couch. I don't want to get rid of the couch because it opens up into a full size yeah. bed for company. But I can build a four foot by eight foot table over it. I just have to make the top lift up and slide down behind the couch. Yes, so when I have to come back to the lover. That's right. Yeah. The bookshelves on the end to put things in. Yeah. yeah. I think your favorite tool should be gold. I mean, all right. <laughs> That's fair, Tisha. <laughs> so uh, Thor's hammer is my, you know, special sewing machine. That's hammer with an H-E, like Mjolnir, but a sewing machine. Yeah, we also have the Scarlet Witch in there. It's an equal opportunity. <laughs> Very magical with the seams. Yes. <laughs> How many sewing machines do, do each of us have? Oh, I'm sorry. What? Uh, the surgeon. The surgeon. Yes, surgeon. I didn't know you told us. I was talking about your. Oh, the yardstick! Oh, no, that's, oh that's your drossel. That, <laughs> you changed the names. You have to tell me. No, I'm sorry. There's Thor's hammer, oh, and then there's the Scarlet Witch, and then there's Yggdrasil that we name all of our tools. Apparently, we have a Viking theme. It makes them last longer when you nail Cosplaying tip. Yes, you make a You name those rings that you have. Yeah, it's a roll geology. Yeah. All right, same my measuring stick that they're talking about is six feet tall, and it can measure everything. And it's or, metal. <laughs> it's metal. Or murder everything because it's metal. It will break things if you drop it on your hands. Don't do that. Ow. Bad. Bad. All right. Mine's only four feet, but it is a T-square. Oh. I'll still take the six foot. <laughs> I need the T-square because things got to be square when I'm making bags and stuff. All right, so um, what is a tool that you think new sewers probably need to embrace, or new costumers or new prop makers that they might not think about a little bit obvious tool? I'm going to stare at all the good questions. You can ponder. I'm going to I'm going to start this one while you ponder, unless you have an answer. Uh, there's lots of choices. The seam gauge yeah. is the one I'm like, embrace it, because it looks like all you use it for is hemming. That's a lie. Lies. 
You can use it for everything, anything where you need to alter a garment or take a consistent measurement across a prop or a garment or a hat or ribbon or anything you're doing because you set your amount and it is just consistent the whole time. And it's just a simple, <coughs> very inexpensive, incredibly useful tool. For that thingy that slides. Look at you fucking with it, with eyelids, All the things. The, it's, I, I once used it as a screwdriver. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did. We should have brought it to Iron Taylor this last time because we needed a screwdriver in an emergency. Uh-huh. And we had nothing. We had, like, one of the costumes actually pulled apart metal things in the glamour's uh, screwdriver. <laughs> it was amazing. That's pretty breathtaking. It, the whole thing was magical. All right. Any? Yes. Yes. I think something that people kind of underestimate is the planning aspect beforehand. Ooh. So um, before I start making start making any props or anything, I just first of course you draw what you want to, but then you start drawing, you start taking it apart in your head. And then you try to because we start trying to communicate with each other about what we're making. We draw like plans of like what we're gonna do, um, and then I show it to her, and she's like, "No, do it this way." And then she gives it back to me. I'm like, "Well, what if we tried this instead?" Um, and so, actually, making that plan ahead of time is such a big deal. I mean, of course, when you're sewing, sometimes you're in a pattern. Um, when you're prop making, you have an idea of what you want, so you have to make that pattern. And then, in, in general, for for me, because I'm kind of just starting. Um, I also like to make a small version, so I make so we I make these giant sides uh, for the frames that we make them. Uh, I make tiny sides; um, they're adorable. I took pictures with them with the cats, but um, <laughs> but you know there was a proof of concept. Say, so, okay, this idea is going to work, and you know I found out the handle that I wanted to use wasn't really stable enough, so we were going to go out and do something a little bit more substantial. And connect it better, but all of that was only possible because of the planning and the modeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were rushes. And, and we, we can take off the poles and they're like stored <laughs> And so, like, you just use them around the house. Oh my gosh. Yeah. As we do. Yes. And by the way, I missed the pictures with your kitties and the sides, the mini sides. And sure really they need to be reposted. Oh, I feel really sad about that. Yes. That's such an Instagrammable moment. Yes. Really, please. Right, sorry. That's nice. Um, other thoughts on the tool you think beginners? Um, the bodkin. Oh, the bodkin! Um, oh, yeah. uh, now, there's lots of different types of ones that you can get of a bodkin. Um, what is a bodkin? A bodkin is basically a tool that you can attach a string to or a ribbon or elastic to um, that you can pull through a channel um, and save yourself so much heartache and effort and cramped hands. Now, a lot of people, when they're starting out, they'll just attach a safety pin and, and feed that safety pin through the channel. And it works. Trust me. I've done it a million times. But there are easier ways. Oh, there are so many easier ways. They make plastic sets where it comes, like, in a three sizes that you can just, you basically attach the item to the thing and you just run it through the channel and it goes quickly. I like the little metal one that uh, I saw of yours, and I picked up one for myself. It has, it's a small metal uh, um, step with a little ball at the end and a little loop at the other end. And the ball makes it so much easier to grab, to pull through. Um, you'll save yourself so much time and, and, and pain because doing long strips for like, oh, it really cramps the hands. So. They always, wonderful. they always have a dull tip rather than like a needle where it's sharp so they won't go through your fabric or your thumb. They could if you push hard enough. <laughs> not my, not mine with that little yeah. ball on the tip. It's like a rapier for a tournament. Yeah. And the plastic ones usually it. have, it's it's not pointed so much, it's kind of like kind of curved. Yeah. Kind of like and then not expensive. Yeah. I like but the one with a minor edging to it so that it slides through a little easier. Um, you want it to be slippery. Exactly. Yep. You need it to move through. So. 
I think a tool that's really helpful and has been really helpful to me is a body form. You can get or make a body form that is your measurements and is your body. It is a lot easier to come up with a costume for yourself when you're not trying to fit it on yourself and pin it on yourself. You put it on your body form and you go, oh, I really hate how this is working across my shoulders. I need to put a dart in here, I need to take it in here. You can pin it on it if you've got it, a copy of your, your body form. And you know, I just made mine out of the masking tape and then poured foam and put it on a framework of PVC pipe. Mounted it onto an upright and it's my body shape. There's lots of tutorials. It's me. Why would I give it a different name? Because it's your double. Is it like, you know, Kunigunda or something? It could be Kunigunda because that is what I built that on. Yeah. I built my Kunigunda costume on my body form. So, yes, it fits me. Or Kunigunda. Kunigunda. So, by Korea of Tea? I actually set that whole question up just so I could say the name. (laughs) (laughs) Be respectful of that name. That's one of my great grandmothers. Yes, Kunigunda. This is so good. I thought the bonus was deep. No, Kunigunda. That's deep. That's that's my grandfather's name. That's good names. I love those names. I think I'm going to do a class of tools. Yes. I think beginning costumers cannot be afraid of, let's call them garage tools. So um, you mentioned a Dremel. And like, honestly, between the Dremel actual saws like and you know this isn't just like these pliers yeah pliers awls for like leather work it opens you up so much when you learn to use a polisher a grinder things like that you can really do things that you wouldn't be able to do with just a sewing machine it um you know even learning the difference in types of lacquers and spray paints like things where you have to go outside it's totally worth it because you can build such magnificent things that you wouldn't think of doing just in the house once you, you know, start to go, oh, well, shellac isn't actually what I need. I could use this lacquer or a spray over gloss coat. And, you know, you can get things to part resin, resins, you know, uh, chemicals, chemicals and outdoor tools. Are, um, if you think about a sewing machine as a power tool, yeah, it is power it's tool. all that plus. It is a power tool. Yeah. It is a power tool for putting two pieces of material together. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do my costuming and my yard work with the same tool. A little bit of work on the car, too. Yeah, <laughs> I hope you clean them between. I do, a little bit. <laughs> well, yeah, well, if you're going to work on your car, you got to get the oil on. Oh, it's a great thing the great for that. <laughs> if, it's, if you want the costume to look aged instantly, don't clean your tools. A cyberpunk thing. Oh, yeah. Cyberpunk engineer. Explosion in the workshop. There we go. There we go. It happens. Yes. So, um, is there a tool that you were so terrified of, you hesitated to use it, but now you're like, it's my friend? Mm. I'm, I'm going to be brave and say the sewing machine. Yes. You know, I started off on a little baby singer like everyone, and um, for years, really an inordinate amount of years, as my costumes got bigger and bigger, I was still hand stitching, you know, things that no one should hand. Stitch. It was it was a little deep the amount of hand stitching that I was doing for um, ball gowns and things like that, and it w- it wasn't the best look. Um, because what would happen is I'd end up two minutes before the ball with him sewing me into the dress because I wasn't done. I didn't know how to put a zipper on, and you know. Um, so honestly, the sewing machine that's scary. You know, when you get a nice machine that's making them nice. I have one now. Um, oh gosh, fat. With a oh, yes. yeah. And it, it's a sexy machine. Oh, and it, bats it are sexy. Yes, it purrs yes. when it's working. But, you know, the first time, you know, I'm sitting in the with a woman behind me who's trying to sell me the machine, and she's like, oh, you just do a back stitch. And I started, and it goes, oh. <laughs> it was just so smooth and beautiful, but horrifying because I'm heavy in my heel. So I can really press down on that thing and get it like table shaking, another reason uh-huh. with a great table. Yes. Um, they're, they're frightening. They have all these switches and buttons and levers and, you know, yeah, you can get online and watch videos, but you have to watch hours of videos. But at this point, I feel really comfortable with it. But definitely, you know, year one with something other than my baby singer, where it told me what each stitch did, like with words, you know, now I feel better. So I'm Girl, when you're ready to graduate to the big leagues, 
You come spend the weekend at my house. I got my industrial oh, sewing machine. Oh, industrial. Oh, industrial exactly. walking foot. Oh, wow. You can sew through so three inches thick leather oh, and bones. three layers of webbing <laughs> at once. I can barely do leather, but still. Oh, my God. You can go through all of that. Although I was terrified of the serger at first because we used the big sergers with the blades on them. Mm. And uh, so I'm like, but what do you mean it has a blade on it? Just <laughs> to trim it. Right where uh, near where I put my fingers. Okay. But then once you once you use it and you I'm like, I love them with the blade. They wow. make it so nice to really clean up a garment. Good finish. Yes. Makes it so much easier to sew with a serger. This is a tool that everybody should get to learn to know and love. A serger or overlock machine. Um, if you're doing the edges of your fabric before you even sew them together, what is nice about it is you don't have it threading off and coming apart while you're trying to sew it. Mm -hmm. Makes the whole thing hold up better while you're sewing it. Also, if you have to flatline a garment to give it um, the right shape or drape or feel or strength, um, flatlining the two pieces together with a serger makes a much cleaner garment. Yes. And they don't do this while you're trying to work with it. No, hopefully not. Not if you pin it while I'm looking at a certain garment that I had to work with. Never That's because still. one of these pieces of fabric was doing this whole. <laughs> it's wudgy. Wudgy fabric is not your friend. Get yeah. behind me, satin. <laughs> I see a t-shirt coming. Hail satin. I leave that to you because you're your artist as well as you know wearing beautiful cosplay. You do visual art as well. Both of you. Um, guys, do you have one? You don't have to answer, but you can. Really think of anything because I'm pretty much like, just terrified of everything when I first started. Not even the thermal? No, because like I, I'm, I'm terrified but excited about everything. So like, <laughs> you know, I use everything the first time I break it somehow, and then I'm like, Do you okay. like roller coasters too? Is yeah, that yeah. okay? There you go. <laughs> um, but you know, once you do something and ruin it, something you're like, okay, the player's going up, and so I think you know, in general. Every time we get something new, it's like, how am I going to break it this time? But then, you know, you use it, you know. Yeah. So there's not one story or one like, thing that's really cyclic. Like when you start that, doing resins, you kind of you learn to use the scale for the stuff that's supposed to be by weight. Right, well, when we use by volume, which is even worse because you got to really yeah, because you're like, holy shit, are they at the same? Yeah. Same width, size, or it looks slightly higher than like other. We have medicine cups. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. 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 It's, it's, yeah, I, by the medicine, it's worth buying the medicine yeah. cups. Yeah, those by weight. Actually, when you get to do it by volume, you get the little draw, like, syringes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're doing, and you can get it to the millimeter. We're doing much bigger volume than that. So. Mm -hmm. you can get the you Yeah, you can get the yeah. large. You're in blenders. That's yeah. what they use them for. Yeah. Well, medical supplies. You know what my family does. So first of all, no, I mean it's true. Thank you. I love that the tool that's come up from the audience that's most surprising is the urine plunger. Yes, that's what we need in all of our work. Sure, but you do really large volumes with it, it's still no, very active. That's great, so, thanks. I love that. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm trying to, you, my, the one I was afraid of was the serger, honestly. Also, I was so afraid I'd sew up a finger. It's got all the threads and needles and things and the blades and the things. Oh, yeah. And it's like, and it can talk to you. It shows up in your nightmares sometimes. Mm -hmm. With all the threads, you don't know if you threaded it right. Oh, yeah. Is it cheap? Oh, and the That's thread so diagram on them is like, okay, can we translate this to like normal? No, no we cannot. You must go through the gambit of the thread diagram to be worthy of the surgeon. If you cannot make the sacrifice of the thread diagram, you will never be using your surgeon. Of course, if you don't have a surgeon, you can always do other tricks to finish your edges. Um, you could do a zigzag on just a regular machine. You could do pinking shears. You could even encase them in bias tape. Okay, pinking shears have a new name. I didn't know if you guys knew this. No. 
and we got this from Renee was helping somebody sew a coat for the first time and he kept asking where are the Nami scissors? Nami scissors. The what? No. The Nami scissors. They go, nom, 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 nom. <laughs> They're Nami scissors, just so you know. <laughs> I like that name much Use more. the correct term, people. <laughs> Can I use your Nami scissors? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm actually going to add a little. I know that wasn't the question, but I think it's smart. Um, That's a big one with your first costuming is how to finish your scene so you don't have threads going everywhere. My favorite is the faux um, French thing, oh, okay. where you, you pretty much sew everything on the right side instead of the wrong side, but then flip that over and sew it again. And it perfectly encases everything. You can iron it flat or go ahead and sew it flat. It's um, the seam that you'll see on your t-shirts on the shoulder, that seam where it just everything's kind of tucked in nicely. And um, I don't have a surgeon because they have hooking needles and lots of things, and I'm horrified of them. Um, so I just use, a, and it, it's a beautiful way to finish it. It's not too bulky, it gets everything nice. And, and it also is a real good thing about, it's an extra seam to support that seam so it doesn't, when you do it on very tight pants for someone, they do a lot of bending around. Up, it's got the French seams in there, so it's got the extra seams to back it up. Yes, for sure. Yes. Uh, yes. No, I love that idea, but um, I always decide to do it after I cut my fabric. Oh, yeah. And then I don't ever have enough fabric, and the costume ends up a wee too small. Oh. I have Because it does take like an you extra inch of your seam. It depends on how you do it. Yeah. Um, the first, so what I do is I actually sew, to keep that from happening, I sew within my seam allowance first. So I actually, that first one will be, you know, maybe two millimeters away from the edge of the fabric. Um, I'll do a zigzag first, really close to the edge of the fabric, as close as I can get it. Um, and then the second one is on the seam allowance. And that's how I keep it from being too small, but um, without bulking it up, because I totally, you know, you want to cut that extra off. But by sewing so close to the edge, you usually don't end up having to cut anything off. And if you do, it's at a curve or you have like a little notch or something and you want to um, do that. But yeah, just in a way, it kind of comes down to ignore the pattern. With a very delicate fabric, you may want to just increase your seam allowance yeah. initially because you won't be able to sew directly on that edge. Um, also, check what needle you're using. The proper needle for the proper fa for the fabric that you're doing can make a big difference. Um, but yeah, for very delicate fabric, you and and you really want to do French seams on the really delicate stuff, um, uh, because that's the best way to finish it. Um, you you want to do a little extra, just to like you know, even if it's just an extra eighth of an inch. But it's better to, even than than a serger on a delicate fabric. Exactly. Right. Um, how are we doing on time? Anyone have a? It is six thirty-four. Six thirty-four. So I'd like to take a few moments. Any questions from our friends in the audience? Any jobs that you would like to solve in your costuming project, and you don't know the tool for your job? Yes. Um, I'm about to work on a film project. Yes. Um, and the dremel that I was using, um, half the film I was using. But it seems to take a long time, so I need a stronger bit or a stronger dremel. Okay, what kind of bit were you using? The one that had the sandpaper. The sandpaper or the drum? Yeah. Okay, and it was like um, the EBA foam? Yes. Okay. With that stuff, what you really want to do is you want, if you possibly have a bandsaw, which I'm pretty sure Peter does, <laughs> and you know it's going to be, eventually it's going to be rounded or whatever, yeah. cut that edge at a 45 degree angle. You have a lot less material to try to take off. Some of these foams are very dense, and you really do want to take use that the, the sander, but there's different grits on the sander, so get the, the right. lower grit number. Right. And, and it makes a difference. Check, test with your Dremel. Go this way with one and then go back towards yourself with another. One's gonna make it a little bit more even all the way if you're coming back against it. It's gonna So, I mean, cause we use, we use the Dremels a lot at work. We're using HD30. It's not such a dense foam and it's really lightweight, but you can, smooth it with like 36 grit sandpaper 
and then to get the shape and then smooth it with the Dremel. But you don't want a lot of pressure and you want to make sure you're going the correct direction so you're not <laughs> chewing yeah, into it. And just so you know, those sanding drums, if you have a fairly soft and not a super dense hard foam, and you like want to cut a channel, you can use those those round drums yes. face down okay. to cut like a thumb mm -hmm. channel in it to put in a bar okay. or to put in a stick or whatever. Okay. You just have to be really careful with the depth. Okay. Thank you. I just wanted you to talk about the company. Oh, the Silicon Fingers! Oh, yes. <gasps> I didn't learn this till way late in my career. <laughs> like recently. Yes. Oh my gosh. Uh, so, do you want to take this one, Tempers? Um, okay. Uh, silicone fingers, um, you can get them at like Joann's or Fabric Store, and they usually come in a pack of three of grading sizes. So you have a bigger one because it'll go on your thumb, then you'll have one that'll go on your uh, first finger, and then one typically on the middle finger. And what it does is it allows you um, to basically have your fingers right in there when you're um, using an iron without burning your fingers so you can manipulate the really tight little like if you're doing a bias tape and you're trying to get a curve a, a tighter curve you really want to get you need your fingers to manipulate it it protects the fingers from uh, heat and they work incredibly well they work incredibly well and they're an inexpensive little tool mm -hmm. that's easy to pick up they're not, they're not so obscure. You can really just go to Joanne's and there they are in the quilting section. No, in the ironing section. Oh, was it in, in the, the ironing section? section. Oh, yes, ma'am. Oh, just another tip that you recently got that I thought you could share is the clips. Oh. Oh, the Wonder Clips. They're magic. <laughs> so uh, one of the tools we love for hat making and corsetry and really all sewing. Leather. And leather are these little clips for quilting. Steal them. That's right, quilters. Quilters <laughs> get all the best Take toys. Take tools. Uh, they, they come in big sizes, medium sizes, little sizes. They clip your seam allowance or your two things or three things together without having to get a pin through there. And uh, they have a flat side on one side and they're angled on the other. So the flat side will run against your sole plate will sit nice on your work table so it's not lifted weird um, and uh, yeah, really we love them we yeah, use them they're amazing. and their curved side goes perfectly over like piping or that, that type of thing that you need a little bit of uh, three-dimensionality another good um, tool is you do a lot of hand sewing especially if you're hand sewing through some fairly stiff things we use a lot of curved needles at work to sew through the things because we're sewing through leather and foam and all this other stuff too. But the ladies are doing all the hand sewing. They'll put on a latex glove. Gives you just enough grip on that needle to push it through without constantly sliding off. Um, the the other gloves, the vinyl, the the all the other ones, they don't they don't work nearly as well. If you can use a latex glove, it does make it easier for that. You can use night. I use nitrile with um, but they come with little the bumpy bumpies things on them. Yeah, and it's actually really nice as well. Yeah, and they're really inexpensive. It's totally worth it to get a box of gloves. Yeah, you get a box of glove at Costco or Walmart, and it really does help. And you would think putting a glove on your hand while your hands are would make it harder. Just make sure it fits you and it isn't this big baggy thing. It needs to fit you fairly tight. It needs to be a second skin and it just gives you a grip that you don't have otherwise. And it keeps your body oils off of things where you don't want your body oils on. Um, I actually started using gloves when I first started doing things for other people because um, certain buttons, actually, the more you handle them, the more they get a little kind of smudged and smeared. And now if it's someone else's thing that they're patinating, that's fine, but they don't want your nasty grit all over it. Um, the same with like just really delicate. I use a lot of chiffon, a lot of really light fabrics. And you were talking about fabric doing this. That's all chiffon does. Like it's all it wants oh, yeah. to do all day is do this. And actually even handling it too much, I'm trying to add little pieces on, you can um, disturb the web of it. You can actually put a permanent thumbprint into your, your little delicate soft piece. And that's just 
just not good. Unacceptable. Yeah, I don't know if it's my hands get too hot or something, but I've actually put a little, where I had just enough of a bump so that I could see it. I'm sure no one else saw it, but I saw it. I knew it was there. And the gloves really helped because then I could kind of hold a little more lightly. And I have something against curved needles because without fail, I see my grandma giving stitches and then I get scared that I'm gonna hit my finger and then I do hit my finger. So the gloves help because it gives me just one more little layer to hit before it hits my finger and I can kind of pull away. So gloves are your friends, they're really nice keepers. Of course, if you have a latex allergy or something, um, they make a, uh, a silicone, the thread magic, thread heaven, uh, that can allow you to uh, make it easier for the needle and thread to pass through, um, especially more stiffer material, um, easily. Yeah, it, it kind of coats it um, to give it a little more ease into it. Oh, it makes it slippery. They stopped making Thread Heaven, but they're coming out with a new product that'll work the same way. The actual Thread Heaven, because it has a little box. People would buy that for six bucks and then use it for 30 years. So they yeah. only bought one. Thread Magic is the one that you can get readily available in like Joann's or that type of thing. Um, and it's it's not quite as good as Thread Heaven, but it's still pretty darn good. So if you have Thread Heaven, it's gold. I carry mine with me in my clutch. I watch people, they borrow it. I have my Thread Heaven back. You would have made fun you were like. Yeah, no, I guard it with my life. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, the laser guided scissors. Oh, right. oh my god. <laughs> it's scissors with a little laser thing to show you where you're cutting. So you can cut a straight line along your laser pointer. <laughs> okay, I think that's just putting a laser on everything just for the sake of putting a laser on everything. Pew, pew, I'm cutting. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, on that on that thread, um, the magnet that you put on your sewing machine to help you sew straighter on your sewing machine. Useless. I mean, <laughs> but you could, if you really, really need something to help you because you can't read the hash marks on your the plate of your sewing machine, masking tape. Blue tape works really well because it's usually <coughs> not a color that you're sewing. Uh, oh, well, I beg to differ. <laughs> you, you, I would use the frog tape, the green. Um, no, it's like, because the magnet thing, what happens is the fabric goes up against it and does this. So it doesn't work. Unless you're using like stiff leather or stiff cordura or something, it's not gonna make a difference. Yeah. If it's a really delicate fabric, it's just gonna go underneath it or bunch up, put tape on it, just follow the tape line. Right. Do you have a, an overrated tool? The person with the 666 shirt believes the most overrated tool is the pattern. Oh, you know, we, we spend so much money on patterns when those patterns are made off of body models done in the 1950s. They don't fit anybody properly. Even if you size them, even if it fits you, you can put it on. You're sewing. Why would you want to be able to put it on when you can make it perfect? And they're so easy now to get masking tape, get a friend to help, cover yourself in masking tape, draw, and then cut out the pieces. Figure out what you need to do to make them flat. There you go, there's your perfect pattern. I am so bugged by what they charge for patterns because you know, you, You'll get a bodice that's something relatively simple that you could do with, um, with masking tape. Same thing, and but you're gonna pay thirty dollars for yeah. it because never pay the cost. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. Ever. Like it's a dollar. That's the Ever. dollar. It's amazing. Dollar days. Dollar days is a tool. A pattern. <laughs> a, a pattern is a departure point. There you go. Something to work off of. Not muslin is your away. friend. Yes. Tracing paper is amazing as well. Yes. Oh, yes. So you make the muslin version of it. This is where your body form or your friend to help you is handy. You put it on the person, you pin the hell out of it, then you modify your new pattern that you took off of the paper pattern because it's not reality. 
Yeah. Mock-ups are an incredible yeah. tool. Okay, I wear a lot of tailcoats. You think you can find a tailcoat for a person with a bosom? No, you cannot. Let me just tell you right now. <laughs> no Ralph Lauren for you. No, <laughs> only Evie Betts. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, so it, it takes you a while to make a pattern. Once you get the base pattern for whatever you're going to make, yep. you keep that sucker. You file it. You keep that because you're going to use that to modify others later, and you're going to change it slightly. But you get the base down that you know it's going to fit. It's going to fit you correctly. Get a friend who knows what they're doing to help you pin it and mark it. Yeah. And that's yeah. so important. The, the pattern, I feel like so many people get trapped in a pattern. And it has to be this way, and they're afraid to mix and match. Even that, even worst case, get the pattern. I know I like this bodice. I like this skirt. I'll put them together. You Frankenstein's yes. Yeah. yes. Actually, I think Frankenstein made some of those patterns. I'm <laughs> like, what? <laughs> this is just not right. <laughs> we have just a couple of minutes. I want to share one more tool I really love, and then questions if you have them. Pattern weights. Uh, oh, yes. yes. <laughs> pattern weights. I mean, pins are the enemy. Pins want to stab you. They want to destroy your fabric. They want to They'll make needles. runs in your in your fabric. Mm -hmm. They'll put a run in it. They'll leave a hole. Mm -hmm. They want to shift what you're working on because you have to raise it up in order to. Yeah, no pattern weights are fantastic. I mean, you still have to use pins for some things. Some things. Like if you're flatlining something very, very two different fabrics, one really wants to dance on you, and the other one, you have to before you like surge them together to form one fabric. You really have to pin them with an inch of their life just so it doesn't move and dance on you. But Any last minute tools you'd like to throw out there that we didn't cover you think are really critical? Um, pliers, definitely mm -hmm. for hand sewing if you're doing like millinery um, uh, or hemostats. <laughs> if hemostats you can get your hands your on friend. those. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, to help pull the needles through the heavy, heavy layers. Even if you're doing heavy layers of fabric, having just pliers go will save the digits. And hemostats are like a requirement for corset making, by the way. <laughs> now, if you want to know where to get hemostats, you could always find hemostats and pliers and, and like the, Does the round know tip what a hemostat ones. Does the the, they look like, like scissors. They're, they're like little clamp. pliers that clamp together and they clip. And uh -huh. hold it. They're used during surgery. They're beautiful. You can get them at Micromark. They have, have a website. Well, and their catalog is porn. What's <laughs> the name of the ruler? I forget what it's called. It's a ruler. It's see-through, and it lets you make things square. Like, it, it's a, I think it's from the quilting section. It's, it's a yes. ruler. It's a quilting ruler. <laughs> yeah, and, it's, it's and they're amazing. It's yeah, thick plastic that you can do that rotary tool right along. Yeah, and, and okay. you can take anything if you're like kind of one of those people that might sew off grain sometimes. You can take anything and make it square, and it's amazing. So quilter. Mm -hmm. yes. yes. Those quilters. And they've got shapes and things that are available to them. Oh, and another thing, um, especially if you're going to be doing a lot of garments, uh, Taylor's ham. <gasps> oh, yes. yes. If you're going to be pressing curves, um, having a Taylor's ham, which it's just a big, it's giant, like, like a hand cushion like thing that's kind of shaped like a ham. They have bigger ones. It's usually plaid on one side and a white muslin on another. Um, the Taylor's ham is your friend for pressing on curves. Um, also, there is the sleeve ham, which is just like a long cylinder one that's kind of like barely narrowed on this one and, this and a little wired on this end, used for pressing really tight sleeves. Um, those are, but the Taylor's hem by all means is, is definitely a friend. Like if you're doing princess seams um, and you have that curve, um, having that, that Taylor hem when you're pressing, it's going to give you a much much better result than trying to do that on a flat surface. If you have to put darts in anything mm -hmm. so that it has a curve, having that tailor's ham to press it over to make it lay flat and make the seam lay open or whatever. Just wait for Joanne's to get the, 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 the like 40% off on an item or 50% or whatnot. Because they do run about $40 yes. to, you know. So it goes, yeah. And, um, 
If you've been wondering why your darts have a funny point on them, no matter how carefully you stitch, you need a tailor's ham in your life. Absolutely. All right, any last questions from our dear audience? Yes. If anybody comes up with any questions, can they find you online to ask? No, they may never ask us. <laughs> ever. This is their one chance ever, Jen. <laughs> would, you, would you share where we can find both of you? Um, yes, you can find me online at Dion Deviation, and that's anywhere, at Dion Deviation. Um, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr. You can also find both of us at TheIndigoPath.com um, or at TheIndigoPath on Facebook or Instagram. You can find me at Madame Askew, pretty much all those places, except Tumblr, which I find confusing. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just, look for Madame Askew, and there I am. And I will answer your questions. I'm I'm on Facebook as Evie Betts, or Evie Betts at gmail.com, E-V-I-E-B-E-T-Z. Real simple. I am not on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, because I, I'm not a fan of social media. Um, but uh, I can always be reached at mskellyam at hotmail.com. And or I know where she lives. Yeah. <laughs> I can track it down. We can all find each other. So in general, yes. just pick one. And <laughs> That's true. Like, you know what? I'm not the best one to answer that. Confab. <laughs> so thank you very much. And thank all of you for joining us today for this wonderful panel. This was great. I was pretty excited. And they all said yes because they're so and such a wonderful diversity of costuming styles and projects. So thank yes. you. Thank you for inviting Yeah, and Have you... I ever said no to you and made it stick? No. <laughs> okay. Stick. Uh, no. And made it stick. Yeah. And you can join these three on a wonderful panel at nine o'clock this evening, I think. Ask a costumer. So if there was a question we didn't answer for you here, bring it for these three. Bring it. Thank you. All right. You always Jeez. have questions. I know you do. Thank you for listening to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. And feel free to enjoy our other shows, such as D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition and Scion Ragnarok and Roll, a Scion hero to Ragnarok story. Thank you for listening.